the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. And so he says, since you're traveling through, abstain from fleshly lusts, which wars against the soul. Peter tells the believers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which are our evil cravings. Abstain from our evil passions and desires, which comes from a from our depraved, sinful nature. Peter tells the believer to abstain from fleshly lusts, which are our evil cravings, passions, and desires, which comes from our depraved, sinful nature. B, what wars against the soul? Allowing your evil passions and desires to go unrestrained wars against the soul. You know, you can cut loose evil-wise if you don't guard yourself and if you don't live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You can get, it's possible for you to be out of control because of a lack of the word in your life. Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, anything that's earthly and fleshly, put it to death. Put what to death? Sexual immorality, impurity, passions. Put to death evil desires and covetousness, which is idolatry. Put it to death. Kill it. Certain things you ought to kill. Don't kill people. Kill this stuff that's warring against your soul. Put that to death. See what wars against the soul? Allowing satanic thoughts to intrude into your mind and not taking them captive wars against the soul. Allowing satanic thoughts to intrude into your mind and not taking them captive. You don't take those satanic thoughts captive that's attempting to enter your mind. You let them in. They will war against your own soul. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Anything that is not of God, anything that is satanic, that is satanic in nature, you are to, by the Holy Spirit's power, take it captive, lest it take root in your mind, run rampant and destroy you and others around you. 
How does the believer's soul prosper? I hope you want your soul to prosper since you know now you have a soul. And we told you what is a soul. We told you what wars against a soul. We told you that your soul is eternal. How does the believer's soul prosper since you have one? Okay, number one, without Christ, your soul cannot prosper. Without Christ, your soul cannot prosper. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29 says, Come to me. That's how you prosper, by coming to Jesus. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Without Christ, your soul is restless. It's, it's full of anguish. Your soul has an uneasiness about it. It's disturbed. It's disturbed. It's unsettled. It lacks peace. But when you come to Jesus, the end of that verse says, and I will give you rest, spiritual rest, and your soul will receive spiritual rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And look, and you will find rest for your souls. That is right there. You've been reading that passage. It didn't put any emphasis on soul. You'll find rest for your souls. God will rest you spiritually. Number two, number two, a soul prospers when it has first been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. A soul prospers when it has been cleansed, when it has been first cleansed by the blood of Jesus. First John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins the blood of Jesus cleanses our body, soul, and spirit so that our soul will prosper. Our soul cannot prosper living a lifestyle of sin. Number three, our soul prospers when it is fed the word of God. Our soul prospers when it is fed the word of God. In Matthew chapter four, verse four, it says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When you feed your soul the word of God, it prospers to the glory of God. A soul prospers when it is spiritually fed the word of God. A prosperous soul makes for a prosperous life. I say that again. A prosperous soul makes for a prosperous life. Pros Listen to this. Prospering materially does not necessarily mean that you are prospering spiritually. You know, you got some people who are wealthy, but they're still uh, materially rich but spiritually bankrupt and and look and spiritual prosperity does not guarantee material prosperity you know that's gospel of prosperity you come to jesus you're gonna get a million dollars and all that stuff you hear on television all that craziness you know you, you you're gonna get this and god's gonna give you a new car in five days you come to jesus that's prosperity that's hogwash God is not a genie that you just pray and you just shoot and it's all there. Come on. Luke 9, 58 says, and Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. 
But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Even though Jesus possessed very little materially, he had very little. The God of the ages, the God, the God of heaven and earth, when he was born, he was born in object poverty. He borrowed everything. He borrowed a little boy's lunch. He preached from another man's boat. When he died, he was buried in another man's tomb. He was, he was just not just poor, he was poor. He didn't have much materially, but he was the greatest example of what it means to be holy. Jesus was the greatest example of, the, of that, what it means to be spiritual and to think on things above. Now let's look at uh, 3 John 3 and 4. We'll move right on and we'll be done. In verses 3 and 4, some of the traveling teachers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children, these are his spiritual children as an aged a man of God, to hear that my spiritual children are following the truth. In verses three and four, the aged apostle John, who is speaking as a spiritual father, rejoices that Gaius not only has truth living in his heart, but also puts God's word into daily practice. As a spiritual father to Gaius, Demetrius, and the saints, the apostle John rejoiced to know that his children are following the truth. Not only must we have truth resident in our hearts, we must also put the truth into practice if our lives are to flourish in order to please God. Look at verses 5 through 8. Gaius commended for his hospitality. Gaius commended for his hospitality. Verse 5 says, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church, if you send them forward on their journey in the manner worthy of God, you do well, because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from unbelievers. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. This is Gaius uh, Gaius commended for his hospitality. In these verses, Gaius is commended and encouraged to continue showing hospitality to those who labor in the gospel. Itinerant preachers were traveling messengers of God, moving around, dispensing the gospel. Gaius was a gracious host in that he housed and fed God's servants, which resulted in him being well spoken of before the church. Beloved, we are blessed to be a blessing in an individualistic, self-centered society. The church needs to demonstrate selflessness by hosting missionaries, special guests. God desires that we host in our homes presenters of the gospel, visiting guest choirs, college students who are away from home, soldiers who cannot go home for the holidays, single parents, senior saints, families in crisis, and hosting fellowship meals in our homes with brothers and sisters in Christ. Who's been in your home lately? Who's been in your car besides your family? You, uh, if it's the Lord's car, the Lord's people ought to have something to do with it. 
Look how quiet it got now. I don't somebody one person said that's right. Listen at this. Only when the Spirit of God opens your heart will you be able to open your home. <laughs> Did you get that? Did that right back? Only when the Lord opens your heart will you be able to open your home. But I, I transition here. What hinders believers from opening their homes to others? Some folk have opened their home. My, this has been a way of life for my wife and my, my family uh, ever since we've been in San Antonio. We've, we've had folk, missionaries, not just our family, but I'm talking about all kinds of folk. And many of you have hosted saints as well. And many of you have used uh, missionaries and people because I couldn't do it all. And you became the overflow. And I really appreciate that. But, but we are blessed to be a blessing. What hinders believers from opening their homes to others? Let me give you some that may make you feel a little uncomfortable. Number one, pride. People are not good enough to enter your home. Pride. Number two, fear. People will get to see what you'll really like. You know, they'll see what's on the walls. They'll see, they'll see stuff that sends a message about you. <laughs> also, some saints uh, have such fear of COVID-19 that they avoid having anyone in their home. They don't even want their families in their home. For Christmas. No, you stay home. I might get it. Beloved, we must be intentional and not be afraid when it comes to doing ministry. It was amazing. People knock on not, not, people just knocking on our door, doors, and they're not supposed to be knocking on our doors, I feel, but they find a way to knock on our doors. And they want to re-roof our house, and they want to do this, and they want to do that. They're just knocking on our doors and, and doing all this stuff. And they, but, but, you know, besides the people who are going to fix something that's broken your house, who else is coming into the house that God has blessed you with? Matter of fact, whose house is it anyway? When you bless, when you do right with your house, that mortgage will get paid sooner. What about that? God takes such delight. Ooh, that house is so much of God. I'm just going to wipe the dead out. Shh. That'll motivate you to serve somebody. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I know the virus is real and I'm not making light of the virus, but 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 the virus is not going to drive Randall Earl Draper Sr.'s life. It's not going to drive my life. Now, do you respect it? You, you, you're not going to put. No, I'm not going to do all that. You say you have shot. I've, I've had every kind of shot all over the place. It's almost like if I get another shot. I'm, I, haven't had every, I haven't had everything. Then when I travel, I got to get more. We just shot up. Because <laughs> you, that times you need me. Now, I can't be with, with everybody all the time. If I try to, I can't, I can't even be in everybody's houses if I wanted to. Because I'd be dead. You'd bury me. I'm not supposed to. That's why we have leadership. That's why we have help. We have people. We have family ministry and all these things. God doesn't expect me to do it all. My job as pastor is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. It's in the Bible in Ephesians, you know. It's, it's there. I'm torn that page out. And, and so, but, but, but in the midst of the virus, when people died, I, I served them. Whether it was graveside, funeral home, church side. You know, when, when people had issues, went to hospital, whatever, 
I can be at all of all the places, all the appointment, but I did my share. And, and you know what? I'm still here. I'm still here. I trust God. I live by faith. And God's going to bless my faithfulness. You see, why are you putting yourself at risk? Because I love you that much. Because I love you that much. You, you matter to me. I'm no hireling. My wife and I work and serve this church in infancy, but this church couldn't pay us anything. We had to work outside jobs. I worked in the school system. She worked for county commissioners and the space stuff. And I don't know what all she was doing with those planes and stuff at the airport. She didn't do like that man did in Mississippi, you know. But we worked hard. And we had kids. And we had to manage. And I had to do what I had to do. I was bivocational. And I still got it done. We left nothing undone. The church was and has always been our priority. We work hard. Because we are serving God. We've had missionaries in every room. And so when missionaries come, by the way, in our home, they don't just stay for two days and say bye. Some of y'all say, oh, one day I take them. I take them for a night or two. No, these folks stayed one month, two months, three months. We took Gerald Gerald in when he had to stay. He stayed many years till adulthood. And look what God has done because of that relationship. Who owns your house? What hinders believers from opening their homes to others? Selfishness. You just don't want anyone in your home. Why do saints, many saints, not have any host saints and others? Because of embarrassment. You feel your house or your home is not sufficient enough to host the saints. So you're embarrassed. You don't want folk to see how you live, having menial things. Who in homes in Africa down through the years, and the small house, Uganda style, but we all pile in. Small house, but big fellowship. Why do people believe it's not open their homes? Uh, because of financial hardships. Financial hardship. You feel you cannot afford to entertain other saints. Beloved, how are you caring for the Lord's workers? Be mindful to serve itinerant ministers of the Lord is to serve Christ himself. Matthew 10, 40 says, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Matthew 25, 34 through 40 says, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took, look at that. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was, a, I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came to you? 
And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You did it to me. Beloved, you cannot help everyone, but the Holy Spirit will convict you to meet the needs of someone. Christians must rise up, bless, receive, and welcome saints who need our hospitality. Also, Christians must not solicit unbelievers to support the Lord's work of the kingdom. How you know that? Because of verse 7, it says, because they went forth uh, for, the, for his name's sake, taking nothing from unbelievers. These traveling missionaries who served in the name of Christ declined to receive help from those who were not saved because they did not want to appear to be selling the gospel. In Genesis uh, 14, uh, chapter 14, verses 21 through 24, Abram refused to take good from the king, that pagan king of Sodom, so that he could not say, I have made Abram rich. Uh, the scripture says in, in Genesis 14, 21 through 24, now the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the person and take the goods for yourselves. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you say, King, I made Abram rich. Verse 24, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with thee, Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre, let them take their portion. In closing, when Christians solicit from the unsaved, it sends a message that the church is broken cheap. Also be mindful, there are times, there are times when God moves unbelievers to bless his people without our solicitation. It is also unbiblical for saints to send their tithes and offerings to other ministries and char charitable organizations while neglecting the ministry of their own local church financially first. Believers should first give their tithes to the church where they belong and then give to other ministries and people with needs over and above the tithe. Beloved, we are blessed to be a blessing and you will never be able to outgive God. A thankful people is a generous people who will go out of their way to care for the Lord's worker who are doing the Lord's work, the Lord's way in the name of Christ. In closing, do you have a heart to care for others? To provide for others? Do you have a heart to serve others? The scripture says in Hebrews 13, 2, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Some of you have encountered angels unknowingly. And when you get to heaven, God will say, that was me. 
And all God's children said, Amen. And Father, we thank you for this message. It was a lot in this little chapter with such profound truth. God, help us to make spiritual adjustments. God, we need you. Father, what we have failed, help us to repent and do better. Father, help us to be sensitive to those who need our hospitality, which can come in many forms. Help us not to settle for excuses, but be willing to do your work and even put ourselves at risk because we love you who gave your life on Calvary because you loved us that much. Thank you for this message. We realize it's not popular, doesn't make us feel good, but it is the truth and it challenges us to the next level in Christ. May we receive it with open hearts through your precious Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, amen. You're here today and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. We're going to present you with the opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Your presence today is no accident. God brought you here. God spoke to you. And God expects more of you. Did you hear what I just said? God expects more of you. How much of your life are you willing to give God? Just a portion, a third, a half? Are you willing to surrender all? The Bible says, the day you hear my voice, heart, not your heart. You don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The Bible says, whosoever call upon the Lord will be saved. Why don't you just cry to God and say, I need a savior. I need a savior. I need a savior. I need a savior. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.